Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 14th, 2016. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And I promise you, everything you're about to hear on this podcast actually happened. Not a mirage, not anything I'm making up. The Orlando Magic scored 131 points in a basketball game. Yes, very shocking. They actually had the third highest field goal percentage in any game this year behind two Golden State Warriors games. That's the kind of offense the Magic played on Tuesday night against the Atlanta Hawks. I'll have a complete recap of that game. I'll also discuss a little bit about the starting lineups and 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 how the Orlando Magic starting lineups have played so far this year as we get you know into an interesting point in the season and certainly some debate continuing about how the Magic are starting and playing games. And then I'll finish off today with a, a quick bite about uh, uh, some news with the Orlando Magic and their new D-League team that will be coming to Central Florida next year. But let's start, of course, with the Magic's game against the Atlanta Hawks. What a game. 131, that's 131, to 120 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Just a shocking, shocking result in a good way for the Orlando Magic as... They, they started off really slow and then just kept on coming offensively. It was a nonstop attack on the paint. Alfred Payton playing at his absolute best, one of his finest performances in a Magic uniform with a career-high 26 points and 14 assists uh, off the bench for the Magic. Just uh, an incredible game from Payton and exactly what the Magic need from him and it spread throughout the rest of the team. They were just hitting shots like crazy. Again, highest third highest field goal percentage in the league this year, 58.6%, trailing only the Golden State Warriors on two occasions earlier this year. And obviously this is a game where a lot of players had points and scored a lot. Uh, Jody Meeks was fantastic. Serge Ibaka was fantastic. 29 points for Serge Ibaka, 11 for 18, 4 for 8 from beyond the arc. Uh Fournier, Evan Fournier with 23 points, 11 for 15 shooting. Alfred Payton, 26 and 14. Jeff Green, 16. Jody Meeks, 20 on 4 for 6 shooting from beyond the arc. It was just that kind of game where everybody was scoring. Uh, So let's not focus on the offense then, of course, uh, because the Magic did a lot of things they have to do offensively to be successful. They moved the ball really well. They attacked the paint. They, uh, you know, actually 36 assists is a team high this year. They had 36 assists in the game, and, and you know, when you're getting that many assists, you're obviously making shots, number one, but the ball is also moving, and really, this was how the Magic want to play when they got stops, and yeah, there weren't a lot, but when they got stops, they got out in transition and scored quickly. Aaron Gordon had a couple of nice finishes in transition, as did Serge Ibaka, as did Alfred Payton, as did Evan Fournier. They did a really good job breaking their man off the dribble and dishing back out or dishing into the paint or dishing it around the perimeter. It, it was an offensive clinic for the Magic, and Knowing this team and knowing how they played this year, you know, 29th best offense in the league still. I'm sure that's changed by now. 
they are beginning to show some signs of life offensively. They are beginning to look a little bit better offensively. Their numbers are trending in the right direction. And this is actually the first time all year they've scored more than 100 points in back-to-back games. All right, second time, sorry. Second time all year that they've scored more than 100 points in back-to-back games. So the Magic are, are beginning to find something offensively. And Frank Vogel said after the game, despite the three-game losing streak last week, he does feel the team is generally going in the right direction. He felt that the road trip was a good step forward, which I think we can all agree it was, even though it feels a very long time ago. Uh, and now that they're, now they're kind of getting back into that rhythm too. What was different about this game was certainly that the Magic didn't have their defense really at all, and it took them a while to get their defense going. But the moments that the Magic played their best were when they were playing well on the defensive end. They started off this game very, very slowly, actually. The Atlanta Hawks had a clear advantage. Dwight Howard was just demolishing Bismack Biombo on the glass. It really didn't look like Biombo wanted to be very physical with him. He didn't box him out well, didn't rebound well. Howard was just picking him clean, and Dwight had a huge game with 20 points and 16 rebounds, including nine offensive rebounds. He had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds in this game. So 20 points, 16 rebounds for Dwight Howard. He was monstrous down low, and the Magic didn't have an answer. But they got things going because their offense started going number one, and and, and their offense dictated a lot of what they did in this game. But they got themselves back into the game because they started to play a little bit defense, a little bit of defense, and they took a 35-34 lead after the first quarter. And you know, I, I felt like tweeting this, but I held off because then I'd get people like they gave up 34 points. But it did feel like the Magic's defense helped them get back into the game. At the end of the day, it was their defense that helped them win this game. Probably the big defensive highlight of the game was when Bismack Biombo came flying down the down the paint down the paint. Uh, and blocked a, a layup attempt, I believe it was from Tim Hardaway Jr., blocked it right off the backboard just before it was about to hit. It was literally the last second. Magic were up by 10 at the po- at that point. They got the ball back down the floor, got to Serge Ibaka on the wing. He hit a nice little floater to make it a 12-point game with about three and a half minutes to go. That essentially clinched the game. That, that was when momentum just completely stopped. And the Magic had a few big plays like that, but really that whole thing was building throughout that fourth quarter. That whole moment, that whole play was building because the Magic finally played some defense in the fourth quarter. They had a three-point lead heading into the fourth quarter, trading some baskets. Uh, Jody Meeks and Kyle Korver were trading baskets. It was, it was crazy. But they really won this game because of their defense. They gave up only 24 points in the fourth quarter, which in a game where uh, the teams, where the Magic only, sco- only scored fewer than 35 points in two quarters, only scored fewer than 30 points in one quarter, or the Hawks only scored fewer than 30 points in two quarters. That's not a big, that's not a bad thing. 24 points is not a bad thing. The Hawks shot, I think, 10 for 22 in the quarter and had a 98 offensive rating. So essentially, standards are low here, but the Magic played better defense in that fourth quarter than they had all game to that point. And this was a game where whoever played defense first was probably going to win. And Atlanta kind of proved that early in the second half. Magic had a 10-point lead at halftime. They pretty much gave that all away in five minutes because the Hawks really got physical and into the Magic and disrupted their offense. Why Orlando did a good job breaking that down. They brought in Alfred Payton. Payton was just torching Dennis Schroeder all night. 
able to get into the paint at will, as were so many other, others of the Magic's players, uh, and that was what helped them win this game in the end. Was that they were just making so many shots so frequently that there's nothing that the uh, that the Hawks could do to stop them. They were just their offense was just flowing as well as it's been all year. This is certainly the Magic's best offensive performance this season. 22 fast break points, big, big part of that. Um, 15 turnovers for 26 points, big part of that as well. The Magic did a good job, you know, kind of doing the highlight plays. But the fourth quarter, they got down and dirty a little bit. They rotated well. They challenged shots well. They helped the helper. They got back out to the three-point line. Even when they got beat by by over-rotations, at least they were challenging and making teams make that extra pass. And when they were able to get turnovers, they turned them into points. And that's a big step for the Magic. That's a big thing for Orlando. This isn't quite how Orlando wants to look in the end, but that fourth quarter was pretty darn close. 32-24 fourth quarter, it getting them an 11-point win. That's pretty close to how the Magic wanted to look. Obviously, they're not going to shoot this way again, probably ever again this season, um, unless they've unlocked something that we haven't seen before this year, a quarter of the way in. But Orlando did get back on the winning track, which is good. But they also seem to, you know, find a little something, find a little juice, find a little energy to pull out the win no matter how they had to do it. They knew they were making shots today. They made those shots. When they when they let go of the rope a little bit, they grabbed it back and buckled down and played defense for the 12 minutes that they needed to play defense in this game. You know, I'm, I'm Frank Vogel, you know, put spun everything in a positive light. And, and I'm curious, and I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be sure to ask him this uh, on Wednesday about what he saw from the defense in that fourth quarter and uh, whether that was more the step in the direction he wants to take or what he really thought about the team's defense here because the task does not get any easier Wednesday. And before I talk about Wednesday's game against the Los Angeles Clippers, I do want to remind everyone that if you play fantasy basketball in any capacity, whether you have a a team for the season, whether you have a daily fantasy lineup that you want to set, you should be listening every day to my man Josh Lloyd on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, uh, formerly the Red Rock Fantasy Basketball Podcast. He does a fantastic job covering the league every single day from the fantasy perspective. I cannot recommend this podcast enough. The Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I use it when I'm making my fantasy basketball decisions. I'm in a fantasy basketball league with with a bunch of people um, in, in town. And, you know, I was third place last year and I want, I want the gold this year. So I I definitely give him a listen to help me make lineup decisions and and comb the waiver wire a little bit as well. Um, I I highly suggest you use it. He's very entertaining, has great you know very opinionated on the league, looks at things from the fantasy perspective while I may look at things from the regular season perspective. Uh, so if you play fantasy basketball, highly suggest the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. And I'm sure there'll be a few fantasy players interested in Wednesday's game as the Orlando Magic take on the Los Angeles Clippers. At the Amway Center, yes, another back-to-back for the Orlando Magic. Uh, this game, you know, in light of how the Magic played on Tuesday, becomes a little bit more interesting. Uh, the Clippers have been a little up and down. They've come down off the high. They started, I think, fourteen and two. They've won four of their last nine games, so they're they're you know hovering around five hundred essentially for the last few weeks, which for the Clippers isn't good because the Clippers have championship aspirations. If the Magic play defense like they did Tuesday night, they are in big trouble against the Clippers, bar none. The Clippers aren't quite 
the juggernaut they were. They're certainly susceptible defensively if if you if you you know stay patient and can get around their shot blockers. But their offense will put a ton of pressure on you. Their offense is one of the best in the league. Uh, even you know no matter no matter how you cut it, it's it's really good. When they get the ball moving, they are as tough to beat as anyone. JJ Redick, we know him. Chris Paul, he had a twenty assist zero turnover game on Saturday. I mean he's he's unreal. Um, Blake Griffin can Blake Griffin is is still getting healthy. I think from an injury he had, but he looks he looks really good and really and when he's aggressive, he's really good. Luke Richard and Bob Mute is making shots. It's crazy. I, I can't explain it either. They've got Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. Magic fans know him well. Uh, and they 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 have a lot of depth. You know, Maurice Spates, another shooting big man. They've got a lot of depth that they can throw at, you know, throw at you and every team and put a lot of pressure on your defense. So the Magic do need to be on point defensively. The good news is Golden State does have a tendency to stagnate. Uh, when their offense goes south, it's because Blake Griffin's holding the ball too long specifically. Or, you know, they're kind of dribbling around trying to make something happen. So if the Magic stay sound defensively, play the kind of defense we know they're capable of but haven't played in now a week, then the Magic certainly have a chance to win this game. And it's certainly very important for Orlando to build a home court advantage. They've lost, I think, five straight games now at home. And that's got to change if the Magic want to get back into the playoff race. Not that they're out of it, but if they if they're serious about making the playoffs, Frank Vogel said it. If you go 500 on the road, which it looks like the Magic are, are on track to do right now, you should make the playoffs. So the Magic have to take care of the home floor. This is not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. The Clippers should be and are heavily favored because even when the Clippers are stagnated offensively, they still have the horses to beat any defense, to even a good defense. And so the Magic have to make sure that they're on point defensively, making life as difficult as possible, and that they're creating some offensive opportunities for themselves. They have the bigs that should occupy DeAndre Jordan a little bit. If they stay trusting the pass, as Frank Vogel likes to say, then they'll be able to move the ball and get the job done that they need to get done and at least be competitive in this game. It should be an, it should be an interesting game. It should be a fun game over at the Amway Center. 7 o'clock tip-off uh, as the Magic take on the Clippers and, of course, uh, the recently retired Jersey Jersey E or Austin Rivers had his jersey retired at Winter Park High School. So congratulations to him. Hopefully the rest of the business trip is not successful uh, for him as the Magic take on the Clippers. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Moving on now, I want to talk real briefly about the Orlando Magic's starting lineups. I know that this is a... somewhat Starting lineups are always something of a point of contention. It's more of a pride thing than anything else. It really doesn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, as as most players will tell you, as most people will tell you, it's who finishes, not who starts that matters. But there's an ego thing. There is a pride thing. There is there is all that involved. And yeah, it does matter to get off to a good start. I mean, I, I'm someone that believes the first two minutes are just as important as the last two minutes of any game. And, you know, we saw in, in Tuesday's game against Atlanta that the Magic got off to a poor start and they had to kind of scramble around and kind of wake themselves up. Uh, Vogel said this as well after the game on Tuesday. It's easier to play 
you know, this kind of piecemeal defense uh, when your offense is going like this, when you have a 10-point cushion to play with. It's harder to do that, say, like they did against Denver when they were behind big. They, their offense was going and they couldn't get stops because they were down and trying to make up a deficit and they ran out of gas at the end. This game, the Magic were up. They had a lead. They let it slip, but they still maintained control. They were the ones that were still in control of the game. And, you know, the only doubt was whether Orlando could keep the offense going, which they did. And then they found the defense and beat Atlanta at the end. So certainly getting off to a good start is important to kind of setting that tone of control over a basketball game. Now, Orlando has played, you know, three different starting lineups at this point. There's the original starting lineup that featured Alfred Payton and Nikola Vucevic. There's the uh, new. There's the second starting lineup that featured Jeff Green and Bismack Biyombo. Uh, and then there's the current starting lineup that features D, or that, that the second starting lineup featured Jeff just Jeff Green. And then there's the current starting lineup that features DJ Augustin, Aaron Gordon, and Bismack Biyombo. So how do these lineups compare? Which lineup has been successful? And the plain truth of the matter is that. The one that's been the most successful is the one that's probably struggled the most offensively and been the most frustrating to watch. By net rating, the most successful starting lineup has been the most successful lineup of these starting groups has been the Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka, Nikola Vucevic. In 18 games so far this year in 159 minutes. They're giving, they have a 90.8 offensive rating and a 90.3 defensive rating. That offensive rating is terrible. That defensive rating is near, is pretty much elite. That's a 0.6 positive, positive net rating. That's not going to break the bank. That's not going to get anyone too excited. We saw what that lineup did, help them st- steady the ship a little bit, win some games, get back on track, but ultimately led to problems too because. The offense was just so bad. It didn't matter how good the defense was playing. That offense was so bad. And obviously, you can't play a starting lineup all 48 minutes. The next lineup is the uh, first starting lineup. Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Nikola Vucevic. They played together in 19 games so far this year at 169 minutes. They have a 103.5 offensive rating, which is respectable, but a 110.4 defensive rating, a minus 6.8 net rating. That group... Assists really, you know, relies a lot on a, a lot more on, on passing. Sixty three point nine assist rate. They're really they're not bad offensively. They have they do produce offensively, but defensively they have really struggled. What I what I would also I guess say is interesting. Let's let's take a look at this lineup since November eleventh when when the Magic made the lineup change. So this is not as the starting group since the the original lineup change. The original starting lineup that's. Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Nikola Vucevic. They played together in 26 minutes over 11 games, so not a huge sample size, but the results have been encouraging that that group has bounced back. Uh, 101.1 offensive rating and a 98.7 defensive rating. So I do think there is some merit in perhaps trying out this lineup again. Maybe not as a starter, because perhaps the uh, perhaps the, the problem is the, the, comp- the level of competition that they're playing against. But I do think there's some evidence to suggest that perhaps the Magic should consider going back to this lineup or or using it a little bit more because I think most of us would agree those are probably the five best players on the Magic or at least the starting group that looks the best on paper. That's that's why they started it to begin with. Um, 
What seems to be pretty clear, though, is the current starting group is far too inconsistent and is not working. In 120 minutes over 17 games, the starting lineup of DJ Augustin, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, and Bismack Biombo has a 100.1 offensive rating. Not bad, but a 114.6 defensive rating. Uh, certainly skewed a little bit by recent numbers, but that defense has fallen off considerably. When we take a look at it from when the lineup change was init- was in- originally made, which was November 27th, that lineup goes uh, at uh, an offensive rating of 99.8 and a defensive rating of 116.4 over 110 minutes. That's not going to get the job done. So I think the starting unit did provide a, a small spark when they started it. When they started doing it, it seemed to provide a better offensive-defensive balance. And I think, more importantly, it provided a better balance with the bench. The bench looked a lot better uh, with with that unit working together, um, especially with Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Payton, and I think they've benefited from coming off the bench. But at the same time, this lineup just hasn't moved the needle. It's gotten the Magic into more trouble, perhaps, then it's benefited them, and you know, you know, and perhaps it's being skewed by the recent stretch of games, the recent stretch of four games, maybe now five games as well. Um, it might be time to consider looking into making another change. Uh, you know, maybe you don't want to disrupt things. Maybe you think things are going well and going in the right direction. So maybe you hold off on it. But I would keep it in my back pocket that you know perhaps another lineup change should be made or is on the horizon because these these splits are not looking good for this for this group, and, and leaving them out there is going to cause more harm than it does good. Of course, the problem with the Magic is there just aren't a lot of lineups that have that have played a significant amount of time that have a positive net rating. Um, there just, just aren't. Um, you look at it as far as minutes played, um, that have played any significant time, let's say a full game, the best lineup that's played uh, at least 48 minutes together, is the lineup of Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Bismack Biombo, a starting lineup that the Magic haven't even tried yet. Uh, 101.5 offensive rating and 90.6 defensive rating. Obviously, Ibaka, Biombo, Payton, and Gordon provide a lot of defense. Seems to be bearing it out. Uh, offensively, perhaps performing a little bit better than expected there, too. Um, the next best lineup that's played at least 48 minutes so far this year is... That original starting is uh, the starting lineup that has Jeff Green in it instead of Air, instead of Aaron Gordon. So Evan, so Peyton Fournier, Green, Ibaka, Vucevic, a .6 net rating. I'm ordering these by net rating. So there's there haven't been a lot of positive lineups, and I think uh, Frank Vogel is still looking for the right combinations uh, against the right players to to, uh, to to spark this team, particularly offensively. Right now, I think his priority is continuing to establish that defensive base. Doesn't want to mix things up too much. They are playing well. They've won now, what is it, five of their last 10 games? You know, they're they're playing at about 500 basketball right now. And while that's not going to get the job done to get them into the playoffs, they got to start making up some ground pretty soon. Um, certainly, that I think the schedule lightening up will help a little bit, um, having some more days off in between games. But the Magic do need to start moving in the right direction and start trying to tinker things around. And and I think, you know, the elephant in the room, tomorrow being what tomorrow is, December 15th, I think the elephant in the room is this all seems to point to the Magic are going to have to make a trade to inject whatever they're missing into the team right now. So 
just some just some numbers to consider, just something to consider regarding the Magic starting lineup. I, personally, I look at these numbers and I do think that the Magic need to tinker around a little bit, maybe think about trying some different combinations, see what's been working lately, figure out why it's been working, uh, figure out who they're playing against and what's what what they can do to improve. They're very limited by what their roster is right now. I I think I like the current rotation a little bit. Uh, I'd maybe like to see them experiment with putting Aaron Gordon at the four a little bit more, Serge Ibaka at the five. The Vucevic-Biombo combination does a really good job defensively, so maybe maybe you're more willing to go big coming off the bench. I don't know. Maybe that's a matchup, matchup thing, or maybe uh, you, you find ways to get a Gordon-Ibaka duo in the low post to try and mix things up. Uh, Vogel hinted that without Vucevic, uh, who missed Tuesday's game with, with the injury again, Without Vucevic on the floor, the Magic had to go a little bit smaller, use some more stretch fours. Um, you look at the offensive results and you wonder, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea. And I think Frank Vogel is a good enough defensive coach that he'll figure out a way to make the defense work in the long run too. Um, obviously tough to do without much practice time. Uh, but, you know, I, it feels like that's kind of the direction the team needs to go. But until they're willing to do it, I guess what they're running out now is not the worst thing in the world. I, You know, maybe you go back and experiment a little bit with that original starting lineup, uh, give it a chance as well, or give it more chances within the course of the game to see if uh, it has solved any of its problems uh, there. I'm going to close out today's show with a quick note now. Uh, the Orlando Magic have finally, or are going to finally announce where their new D-League team is going to play. You remember over the summer, I, I think I did a podcast uh, talking about uh, the five reasons I thought the D-League team should be in each of the two finalists, uh, Lakeland and Kissimmee, it felt like forever that the Magic were waiting to make this announcement. I think they've pushed pushed the announcement date back several, several times already this season, or already through the season. I think they wanted it done during the preseason. But tomorrow at the Lakeland Center, the Orlando Magic will officially announce that their new D-League team will be coming to, you guessed it, Lakeland, Florida, bringing D-League basketball to Central Florida, a huge, huge deal, not only for Lakeland, which which if you know Florida geography, Lakeland uh, is pretty much the mid, Not it's not the exact midpoint, but it's really the biggest town, biggest city between Orlando and Tampa. Um, there, there is jokingly in, in Auburndale, the Orlampa mining mining company uh, for you know with a uh, downtown Orlampa right there right there in Auburndale, but um, Lakeland is probably the largest city between Orlando and Tampa, uh, so uh, a, a nice kind of in between. So it's it's about sixty miles away, about an hour's drive from Orlando, maybe a little bit less depending on traffic depending on traffic around Disney, um, but it's a nice little ta- it's a nice little city. Uh, they have a, a basketball stadium that's kind of within their their convention center. Um, hosts the FHSAA, the high school basketball championships, every year. Seats about 8,000, so it's, it's a nice size for the D-League, I, I think. Um, I, I do think it's a great uh, location for Orlando, a great location uh, for this team to take place, a great town to host it um, as, as, a, as a town that's hosted uh, the basketball championships in, in Florida for several years now. Uh, really, I think pretty much every year since I think the 70s, since the late 70s. Lakeland's hosted the the high school basketball championships. Um, on top of all that, uh, it's within driving distance of Orlando. You know, when you talk about using the D League, this is how you want to use it. You want it someplace close where you know you've got a guy like Steven Zimmerman who's not getting a lot of playing time. You're home for the weekend. 
You've got practice on Saturday. Send, you send him out for a game Saturday night, bring him back in, he practices with you Sunday. Or, you know, you give him that Saturday off and he goes out, goes out, plays Saturday night, comes back to you, practices Sunday, or even plays in the game, suits up for you in the game Sunday. It's for those quick call-ups. That's that's really a huge benefit. Um, if Mario has zoned, if, if the team were in Lakeland, it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic did and sent Mario Hazonia to Lake to to their team in Lakeland to just get some playing time because all the coaches will tell you nothing substitutes for playing time nothing uh nothing can replace the actually being in a game and playing in a game uh and that's when you're not playing in games and you're just practicing there's benefit to that but it's not the same um the magic generally since they started using the D league pretty regularly have just felt that it's more productive for a player to practice with the NBA team. It's they they can watch their development a little bit closer. They can keep them in their weight room, obviously, uh, and they can uh, 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 on top of on top of all that they they can uh, uh, play against NBA opponents every day in practice. I mean, don't don't forget that you know I think a lot of fans tend to forget that practice happens too and that's where the coaches get as much information as game as the games um so having said that you know if you're not getting a lot of game time and you're just playing in practice getting a quick trip to to Lakeland or to to wherever uh is a way to improve that that's something you can't do if your team is in Erie Pennsylvania if you need to hop on a flight you look at the Steven Zimmerman situation from this weekend Steven was playing in Erie. The Magic planned to keep him there. I imagine they planned to keep him there until the end of uh, uh, until the end of this tough stretch in the schedule. So I imagine when t- tomorrow would have been his last day in Erie. But because of all the injuries, they had to quickly call him back from Erie. Uh, from Erie, and in fact, it wouldn't have surprised me if they left. If they said stay in Brooklyn, fly back then. But it appears that they were going to keep him there. So he had to literally catch a flight from Erie to Orlando to play day of the game to replace guys that had been hurt. That's not a situation you have to worry about if the guy's in Lakeland. If he's in Lakeland, he stays at his house, essentially. Um, he makes the hour drive out to Lakeland and comes back you know, home. Like that's, that's a huge benefit for the Magic as a franchise. It wouldn't surprise me if the Lakeland team does a lot of practicing at the Amway Center facility. Um, if they can, I, I'm pretty sure they can because the defenders do. Uh, so... We'll, you know, it's it's a huge, huge benefit for the Magic to have this team so so nearby. Uh, I'm excited. I, I'm, you know, Lakeland is is a little bit of a drive. I, you know, I'm a basketball junkie. Probably wouldn't go to every game, but uh, I would certainly think about going to a few games if I were in Orlando. If I lived in Tampa, I would think about going to a few games. Um, I know that a D League team's not necessarily out there to make money. Um, it's it's not a huge money making venture, but. I imagine the Magic uh, getting a presence closer to Tampa, uh, trying to bring some fans, you know, on occasions into the Orlando area uh, to spend some money in Orlando, go to the Amway Center, go catch go catch a game. It's a good way to to potentially build a little bit more of a fan base uh, in West Florida as well. Um, wouldn't surprise me if the Magic play a preseason game at the Lakeland Center next season, especially. Wouldn't surprise me if they start trying to uh, get some more games at Amelie Arena as well. Um, to, to to further this brand and to further kind of spread their wings. So Wednesday, the official announcement that the Orlando Magic will uh, bring the D-League to Lakeland starting next season. So get excited if you live in the Lakeland area, if you live in West Central Florida, if you live in the Tampa Bay area, 
get excited about that. If you live in, you know, uh, now I'm Polk, uh, Polk County, get excited about that as well. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked on Magic podcast today. Again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Atlanta Hawks 131-120 to at Phillips Arena. You can subscribe to the podcast on Audioboom, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you can find podcasts. Get them downloaded directly to your podcast-enabled listening to device. Uh, well, I'll have a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Los Angeles Clippers on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. That'll do it for me for Line of Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you all tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.